Hi, I'm Natasha Tassini from Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, and you are listening to Horror Homeschool. Hello, welcome back to Horror Homeschool. I'm Chris. I'm Ashley. And today we are continuing the Year of the One, covering all of James Wan's horror movies. This episode, we're going deeper into the further and deeper into the past, talking about the sequel to the prequel, and it's also a prequel to the prequel, um, <laughs> Insidious, The Last Key. Um, a prequel to the prequel. Yeah. So this was released January 2018, almost three years after the last one. It is produced by James Wan and written once again by our boy Lee Winnell. But this time he got someone else to direct it. Unfortunately, not James Wan, but some other dude called Adam Robitel. Um, mm-hmm. He also directed The Taking of Deborah Logan, which I didn't like, and Escape Room 1 and 2, which I haven't seen. <laughs> Um, um, you know, Escape Room, it's it's cheese a little bit, but it was it was decent. It was a nice watch. I mean, it mm-hmm. wasn't like horrifying or anything, but it wasn't like the worst either. You know? Yeah, very middle of the road. Um, mm-hmm. Did you see Deborah Logan? Nah. It was. Have you seen like screen grabs of it and stuff? It's that yeah it's that one that's like that scary old lady that like has her mouth like completely around that girl's head. Um, it's that's like literally the only like decent scene, and because like you're waiting for that, like you're waiting the whole movie just to see that scene, and then it's just like it's over. Um, I mean, it's it has creepy moments, but like it's not it's not a film I'd recommend at all. Um, I think Ash was a fan of that though. Shout out to Ash. Um, if he's still listening, does he still listen? I don't know. He I must have do. no idea. <laughs> Doesn't he support us on the Patreon though? So he must. He must. It just hasn't dropped into my DMs in a while. Um, we were just talking because I watched the video on Martyrs just to get a oh, recap. Or not a recap. Oh, I get it. So he loves you more than me. I see. I see. Of course. <laughs> you ashes have got to stick together. Us ashes have to stick together. Um, so, uh, oh, actually, speaking of Ash, though, I honestly do not think he'll be listening to these insidious episodes. These movies are... Not his bag, I don't think. I could be completely wrong, but... I'll ask him. Yeah. Um, So, the synopsis for this movie. Parapsychologist Dr. Elise Rayner faces her most fearsome and personal haunting yet as she is drawn back to her ghostly childhood home where the terror began. Ooh. (laughs) Ooh. So, we'll just get straight into it with this one because there was absolutely no interesting trivia for this movie at all. Um, so our relationship with this movie and initial thoughts, 
that's going to be pretty short and sweet as well, I think. Do you want to go first? Yeah, um, I just watched it yesterday. Um, I actually actually kind of liked it. I mean, I thought it was way better than the third. The first 20, 30 minutes of this movie was way better than the whole third movie. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. I'm glad you enjoyed it. That's cool. Um, So for me... Uh, after watching them all for the first time three years ago, Abby and I watched this one directly after Chapter 3 uh, because, again, they were all on Netflix and we just binged them in a couple of days. Uh, and we both had low expectations after not enjoying Chapter 3. And we were both pleasantly surprised with this one. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a big improvement on Chapter 3. Uh, saying that, I've only ever watched it once, though. Uh, It's not one that I've had the desire to revisit as much as I do one and two. Uh, But I remember really liking it. And this was my second watch. And I did not like it as much at all. On second watch, I found it extremely boring and lacklustre. And I thought it was just a pointless sequel prequel. (laughs) I mean, it had its good points and bad points. But for me, like the bad outweighs the good. Um. But, I mean, let's get into what we liked about it then. So, what are our highlights with this movie? I liked Um, learning about Elise. I mean, her childhood mm -hmm. was shitty, but I did, like, going back and, like, seeing all that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah, that was the main draw, I think, with this movie. Like, learning more about her backstory and getting some more, like, depth to her character. Like, it had some pretty good character moments for her, like... I mean, the thing is, you get to see, like, her past, but you don't really get to know her as a person, I felt. Like, you know, you needed something a little bit more. Um, But, yeah, she had a tragic origin. Like, but how much more do we need to see of, like, this poor character's tragic origin? Like, she's had such (laughs) a tragic life. Like, how is she not completely fucked up from all of this? Like... I mean, she's a testament. Like, if Elise can get through all of that shit and see demons and dead people on a daily basis and still be a ray of fucking sunshine of a person, then what's our excuse? <laughs> you know? <laughs> We're not Elise. That's just her excuse. <laughs> what would Elise do? Like, honestly, like, how is she still so level-headed after going through all that shit? It's a miracle. Um yeah. But yeah, seeing her origin was pretty cool, like her awful home life and her piece of shit father. Um, that tends to be an issue, like a theme in these movies, like daddy issues much. Um, that seems to be a thing, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. We later find out that, you know, it's not actually her dad that's like this. I mean, he was probably an arsehole anyway, but he was influenced by you know, the demon in the house to be an extra arsehole. Mm-hmm. Um, and Elise's dad uh, was played by an actor that was also a really great villain in the Punisher TV series. I don't know if you ever saw that. I didn't. Um, I, well, I watched, like, the first episode, and at the time, like, gore and stuff, Not re- I know it's not really that gory, but he was beating the shit out of people. It was, like, made me oh, uncomfortable. No, it's, it is actually really gory, that TV series. No, it is, definitely. Oh. Yeah, um, it's hardcore. It's it's definitely brutal. Um, but yeah, he was good in that as as a villain as well. It's just there's something about his like his demeanor and his sort of like his presence is very unsettling. The way he sort of like 
is the way he like delivers his his lines and and stuff like he's I'd hate to be just a typecast type person. Yeah, I would be if I was in the movies. I I definitely would be. But someone sent me um, a DM after I put up about you've obviously seen the news about General Ortega getting cast as um, Lydia's daughter in Beetlejuice two. Yeah. And, um, someone just sent me like a cold DM just saying typecast. It's like, well, yeah, but I mean, she's great at being spooky, so why not? <laughs> I don't think she minds. She yeah. plays really a lot into it, too. I mean, did you see her costume not? for, was it the Met Gallery? Yeah. That, I mean, that was the picture I put up, like the side by side. Like, it looks like what Lydia was wearing, the red wedding dress yeah. you know, with the veil. <laughs> it's kind of like almost the same outfit. Um, so. But, I, I mean, mean, I think she, she might like things. being typecast. She was. Yeah. Um, she's in this other movie that I haven't watched yet, but it's a horror I mean, film. You know, she's been in X as well. You know, like, and to be honest, like a character in Scream isn't the same. So l- literally like that person is, is just referring to Wednesday Adams. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's typecast, but either way, like. I think it's perfect casting. Like I can't wait for this film. Like obviously, we I'm spoke... not excited. Oh really? That's interesting no. because like I am because everyone is involved again. Like all the, all the all the main players. Like you've got Michael Keaton, you've got Tim Burton. You know, even Catherine O'Hara is coming back. Like it's just it's great. No, but like, there's no point. There's no reason for it. Well, look if. I mean, obviously, we spoke about this on the Beetlejuice episode, and we said it doesn't need a sequel. I agree, of course, it doesn't need one, but there must be a decent story that's come about if Tim Burton's agreed to be at the helm and I'll, you know bring I'll it back. With that. There must be a reason for them doing this, other than an, an extreme, absurd amount of money they're going to make from it. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I'm stoked. I, you know, I think it's it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, we did actually mention on the Beetlejuice episode how, uh, first of all, it was uh, Sadie Sink that was going to play Lydia's daughter. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have I, liked that. I was for that, but I didn't realise how much I would have preferred someone else doing it until they said General Ortega. I was like, well, no, of course, like, she's well, much more ideal for the role. She's a ginger. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, like, you know, Lydia could have, um, could have, had a, a baby Married with a, a, a very white ginger man you know you just don't know um but yeah so I mean, going back to that we've gone on a big tangent on Beetlejuice I know, sorry, <laughs> uh but yeah so going back to Elise's origin was was a cool touch I liked seeing that obviously that's something that Lee Winnell was really interested in you know he wanted to go back even further with this one um <laughs> further. yeah further. I, I noticed as I was saying it um yeah, so it was interesting to see her family life and stuff and really sad, actually, as well, because, like I say, I love that character, Elise, and, you know, I don't like to see her in, like, in distress anyway. So to see, like, kid Elise in, like, absolute distress, it was horrible and quite hard to watch. speak on that scene. Um, first of all, that little girl did fantastic with yeah, the way she, she did, was yeah. screaming and it literally, horrible. oh, my God. It hurt my heart so bad. Yeah. Because, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't abused like that as a kid. I'm not, what I'm about to say. I was just like, I just remember crying as a kid. (laughs) 
I mean, I was spanked. I don't, that's, that's a whole thing I'm not going to get into. But anyways, I just remember, you know, those terrifying days with your parents, you know, you, it's just crazy. Like, and then just mm. her acting was really good and it like really yeah. got to me. <laughs> it, it was a bit triggering. Like it was, it quite, was especially quite when difficult. she's like, daddy, no daddy. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> quite <a difficult laughs> scene. And then like, obviously the mum stood there like crying out, just feeling helpless and just distraught, not being able to help that kid. You know, it's just such a horrible situation. Um, it's a, it's a tough one. Um, and her brother as well. Like, I quite liked seeing uh, that relationship. And it made me laugh as well. I've got a note here that says um, Elise's brother, Christian, is so done with, it, with his sister's shit. He's just like, <laughs> can, you, can you just stop being spooky for Why one Why are you a like... freak? Stop it. <laughs> she's like, oh, no, there's a ghost here. And he's like, stop. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be me like, as a kid. On. I'd be like, don't, no, no, y'all don't say that. <laughs> come on, I'm just going to talk to this, this ghost. And he's like, oh no, not again. Just fuck off. <laughs> so it's weird when I hear the name Christian because that's my brother's name. And so, yeah. like, I hardly ever meet anybody named Christian. It's weird. <laughs> Does he get called Chris for short? No, he don't no. like that. He full Mm-mm. names it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, or I call him Bubs. Bubs, Bubba, I call him <laughs> Bubby. That's what it is. Or, or yeah, Bubs sometimes. <laughs> this is getting very personal with the family stuff. <laughs> well, this movie is We've... like very family oriented. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, I'm not revealing anything else. <laughs> no. Um. But yeah, that whole that whole theme was an interesting one. Um. To look at. Um. Yeah, some difficult scenes to watch. Uh, one of the scenes that I thought was pretty scary was it felt like kind of like a rip off of like Insidious 2 where she's like in bed and she's thinking she's speaking to her brother um, above on the bunk, the top bunk. <laughs> and like she could, you know, see someone moving around up there and hear her brother replying to her. Um, I can't remember what she says now. She's like, oh, do you ever think about... Um, this what is the thing, though, isn't people... it? Like, like, do they live like in a prison or something? I didn't quite understand that. Like, um, I think their dad, dad was like, a uh, prison warden or something. Was a prison prison guard, yeah. Yeah, and he, they says like, a, he says a uh, quote. Where did I write it down? He says, "I punish people for a living." Yeah, he says, "Don't tell me what to do, or don't tell yeah. me how to punish her, because I yeah. punish people for a living." Yeah. Oh, and... oh, that that sentence sent chills down my spine i was just yeah. like Ugh. yeah it's fucked isn't it <laughs> um, but yeah I, I feel like unless i missed it i, I don't think that was explained uh, very well like the whole like setup of their living situation and like the fact they were like in like a guarded like perimeter like behind a fence like they're kind of like living in prison grounds i think i think that was yeah that must be it yeah i'm not sure i didn't um, i guess i didn't pick up on that she was at yeah she was asking about like where where do people go basically like where do people go and they die or something like that i can't remember what she said exactly but then he replied like he that he knows where they go or something i can't remember what it was now and then like and then she like looks out and her brother's like asleep on the chair and it's just like oh fuck <laughs> who has just been speaking to me in your voice <laughs> like Mm-mm. and you know that was a pretty chilling scene 
Um, and obviously the whole whistle thing that gets brought into it at the end. Um, I with hate the, mo- the whistle thing. Yeah. <laughs> or I hate it's, the whistle. It's kind of like a trope, though, isn't it? It's almost like the, the you know the clapping in in um, the conjuring, which we'll get to, and stuff like that, where it's like there's a there's a noise, you know, like a a childish kind of noise that turns creepy because of the mm-hmm. situation. Um, but yeah, the, the the mother gives Chris that whistle to like you know call for help if he needs it, and of course foreshadowing <laughs> what happens at the end. Um, and then like when that whistle gets lost, and then like Elise ends up coming back to the house, and she like finds the whistle, and it's like I don't know, is it like under the bed somewhere or like somewhere that's yeah. pretty not very hidden away? And then, like, she pulls it out and she's like, oh, we were looking everywhere for this. And Abby just goes, well, you didn't look very fucking hard, did you? <laughs> like, it was I know. <laughs> that was that was the only thing that literally kind of bothered me. I was like, "Why?" number one, this house, like, she was 16 when she left. So that's decades. Why is this house still exactly the same? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. I mean, Unless I get it because been... probably people have moved in. Mm-hmm. The ghosts, like, fucked have... them up and then they moved out. Yeah, but, it might have been like left uh, vacant for a while because of the like terrifying demonic possession shit that goes on in there. Um, but yeah, so that was the whole the whole family thing. Um, that was pretty cool. Uh, another highlight for me, I've got the demon. I really liked the key fingers demon in this. I thought he was really cool, cool design and scary looking. Um, so scary yeah scary face like if anything like doesn't have a nose like it's instantly terrifying for me like for some reason (laughs) (laughs) yeah like there's something about removing the nose it just scares me the face just doesn't look right and it just sends shivers down my spine candy valley yeah i don't know if it's that it's just it, it makes the you know it's less human without a nose i don't know what it is um but yeah, that face was scary, and the whole like, the whole design of like the figure, like, you know, his um, his stance and how he was like lanky, but also really like quite brutish at the same time. And then he had them long claws with the keys on the end. I thought it was a cool design. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I didn't really understand the the whole concept though with the keys, like. What what was he doing with his key fingers? Like obviously that when he puts it in your throat and turns one of them, it makes you not be able to like scream or like say anything, right? I think it's I think he's opening things for like spirit or soul stuff. Mm. So the more the more people that you know he can unlock or whatever, the more powerful he gets and is able to. What does she say that he wants them to unlock every red door? So he can like yeah. havoc. That's something that I think might get addressed again in the new one, the red door, because obviously it's going to be focusing on the whole red door thing, which hasn't really been fully explained yet. I mean, as far as I can tell, the red door is where you enter the the demons layer in the further. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Like that's I think so. Because the red door appears as like different things. Like I think it was like a, an elevator in one, and then it was just like a regular door in the other. But yeah, there's something with these red doors. So whether it's like unlocking all of them and all the demons come out or something, I don't know. But it's pretty cool. I like the idea of it. Um, what were you gonna say? You, you liked something? 
Oh, I was going to say, um, I just like the idea of that puppet just being just, or not puppet, uh, the demon like puppeteering basically people. And yeah. it just was so creepy. Yeah, it was um, creepy. Also, good- one thing I did like was the Tucker mullet. <laughs> the mullet. Yeah, that's an improvement on the um, the mohawk, I think. <laughs> Yeah, but it was still annoying because he's still eating, and I was like, Can we just drop that." <laughs> so <trope?"> much eating trope. <laughs> like uh, at the end when he's like, "Oh, you're gonna finish that?" And then oh the... my god, with the Jello, like yes. Oh man, well, I get let's talk. Let's talk about like Tucker and Specs. Like, I mean, this is on my like negative points on this one. Like, I just yeah, found... mine too so cringy in this one like oh they were terrible like after like warming to them a bit in chapter three like they just went right downhill again in this one in my opinion it was too much it was just really annoying because it was just such a like unnecessary part of the movie well it totally fell out of place you know because the movie was like so like serious and like tackled some really like you know um what's the word i'm looking for uh not harmful heavy shit some heavy (laughs) shit basically and then you've got this like extremely like you know um (laughs) just ridiculous comedy i have written down is is this movie's very sitcom but yet not yeah it's like tonally it was all over the place it it like trans transitions into whenever it's like her around the boys or whatever like Elise around the boys. Um, for some reason, it just transitions into something cheesy, and then it transitions out. And I'm like, I don't understand how they did that. Yeah, it's it's a or weird why one. they did it. It is a weird one. I mean, obviously, you know, the directors tried to balance like what was written here. So I don't know whose fault it is exactly, whether it's Lee Winnell or the director. But obviously, Lee Winnell has an affinity for Tucker and Specs because he is one of them. <laughs> so he yeah. wants to He must have, have a big affinity because he wants to have those characters in there. I will say though that Abby really liked Tucker and Specs in this one and like the um the jokes. Like she was like really having a good time laughing at them and I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> like that, that scene the jello scene like and obviously when Specs just like grabs that chick and just snogs her, which I'm not sure if, you know, if she gave consent for that it was a bit of a weird one. Um, but yeah, she I was like th- laughing about I feel like she didn't it. even like give him any sort of signals or at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. I hate that shit, man. One time I told a guy that he smelled good because he was wearing nice cologne. Literally just told him that he smelled good and he tried to kiss me. I was like... <laughs> And I punched him, and I was like, dude, get away from me. All I did was tell you that you smelled nice. That doesn't give you an invitation. That That is an invitation. You may as well be telling them that, you know, you want to get busy. That is, you know, you can't give guys, like, a compliment like that. That's just... I know. Sucks. I hate men. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> I never uh, had to speak to another man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, they're they're... I didn't like the flirty with the girls because first of all, we don't even know how old those girls are. There's no, 
there's no indication that they're teens or adults. There's really nothing. It's just well, their sisters. Those characters were just so like throwaway and just shoehorned in for like. Oh, I know. That was probably in. one of my, definitely one of my negatives. Mm. Um, I was just like, and eh, there was really no point. I understand that they had to bring them together for the for the brother. But I really didn't like the fact that one of the girls was like, oh, I can see people too. And I was like, okay. Well, she was the plot device for the further, wasn't she? She was like, I know. You know, that was the whole purpose of it. But they didn't get much development and they weren't really memorable. Um, weird one. It actually gave me um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil vibes, ironically, considering one of them is called Tucker as well. <laughs> you know, with the whole like flirting with the... Um, young pretty girl needs this um what i have a quote it says um what is it oh so he gets he gets to kiss the girl and i get to no he gets the hot girl no what is what is the he said so he gets to go upstairs to bible camp with like the hot girl or something like that um yeah, that's what it was. And then I have to do whatever. I was just like, golly. It was just cheesy. But Man. um <laughs> So like that really that did annoy me when they cuz I, I think I felt like there was too many too much focus on that, especially whenever like mm. Specs and that chick are in the room um I'm not I don't remember what they were doing and then he's all like, "Oh, this is a collectible." blah 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 blah. blah. And I'm like, Jesus Look at me, Christ. I'm an adorable nerd. <laughs> I mean, he is, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is obviously like Lee Winnell really trying his hand at comedy writing, and it's like, dude, that's fair enough, but, like, maybe this isn't the time or the place. Like, I understand, like, these movies do need a bit of levity, but, you know, the tone did feel a bit all over the place in this. Yeah. Um, uh, another thing I liked about it, though, was the... I thought what I thought was really cool um, was when Elise and them are trying to get out of the further and she opens the door and it's um, Dalton. Wait, is his name Dalton? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you so go? I thought that <gasps> I was like, oh, OK, that's cool. <laughs> I did think that was cool. And then she wakes up at the end. She's like, Dalton. And then Lorraine calls her. But um, I've got that on my negatives because, I mean, I was probably like you on the first time I watched it. I was like, oh, wow, little mind-blown moment. Like, it's all yeah. tying together, you know. But but then yeah. on the second watch, I was like, you know what? This movie is creating plot holes for the franchise. Because, oh, definitely. Like, There's she's definitely walking, a lot of plot. You know, she walks through the wrong red door, and she sees Dalton in the attic from the first movie. And it's a bit like, what the fuck? But it's kind of like it's messing you with continuity because, like, I feel like this is something that she definitely would have brought up to the Lamberts. Like when she saw them, she was like, oh, by the way, I saw your son randomly in the further at some point. You know, like I feel like she should have said that. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. That doesn't get brought up. And to be honest, seeing that scene just reminded me of how good those first two movies are and how much I'd rather Mm -hmm. be watching them than that (laughs) one. So, yeah, that was sort of like a negative. Um, and like the same fucking jump scare as well as the last one, you know, th- th- at the end with the lipstick face demon popping up. It's oh, just yeah. Like, okay. Again, really? Is that all <laughs> we've got left? Just like lipstick face demon popping up. So, 
yeah, that was that was a negative for me. Yeah, um, I felt like so I was into it, and then like um, they went to the house to her house and was helping that guy, and then the ghost girl makes them follow her to find the other girl that's chained up. And I was like, okay, well, that's a weird turn. I was like, hmm, what the mm. heck? And so I was like, okay, this is, um, I even have a, like a note that's like, okay, this just took the weirdest turn ever. I was like, what is happening? Um, yeah. I, I like that twist the first time around. No, that no. Was... I, yeah. I like, I liked it whenever I learned what was happening, but at first I was like, this is weird. Like, I don't understand it. Like it was very, yeah. um, it was just like a weird, just twist or not a weird twist, but just a weird shift. Yeah, it, it almost was, changed, like, genres, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. I was like, okay, so it just turned into a serial killer thriller or whatever. And I was yeah. like, all right. And then it's like, um, it, it takes it back around and it's like, oh, actually, the serial killers are possessed by the demon. This is why they're yes. doing that. Yes, and, and I was like, okay, that's... When you realize that it's actually happened to the dad and he was doing that while yeah. she was living there. And it's like, oh, shit, you know. So... I, I quite like that. Like again, yeah, first I time did too. Round, I liked it, but um, on rewatch, scene... it was like, mm, seen it before. There's nothing much yeah. left to give here. Like, I'm pretty sure I would never watch it again. I mean, unless I was doing like a whole rewatch, I'd skip three, and and go on to this one. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I liked that, and then I liked it whenever she found all of those suitcases which i was oh, like that was a good scene I, <laughs> I think that was my favorite scene that like when she when she <laughs> you know there's a bit of comedy as well where it's like they find the tunnel uh where all those suitcases are and and tucker's like um you know let me you know he gave the impression that he was going to go in there but he i was, know so he went away and he was like go on <laughs> you go <laughs> um, and then she crawls in and it's actually a really creepy scene I won't go so far as to say it's well directed but it definitely it is, yeah. has you like you know holding your breath a bit like oh shit like what's going to happen I like the fact that all of the girls belongings were in suitcases and it was like oh shit this is quite realistic this probably this kind of stuff probably happens you know and then mm-hmm. you know their skulls in there along with all their belongings and <sighs> when she's opening the suitcases she's you know, in essence, like releasing their trapped souls, and I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was but, cool too. Of course, but... like when when she's like closing the lid, every time you're expecting with every suitcase, something's gonna be behind that <laughs> lid, but then you do not expect when she opens one for something to jump out of there. Mm-hmm. That was scary. That was quite yeah. That was misdirection. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just there's a lot of heavy um stuff in this movie and that was one of them like i felt like i wish that they kind of focused more on the heavy stuff and less on the light stuff um but like what would you do if you found out that you know you know like she knew her dad was a piece of shit right mm-hmm. like and then you find out that he was a serial killer i get that he was being a puppeteered or whatever but that yeah i would mean be... that's fucking crazy i told kevin because we were talking about this recently and i was like it'd be just so wild just to find out that your dad or whatever was a serial killer and then i like paused and i was like man my dad is too much of a like a goofball to ever be a serial killer he wouldn't be able to like 
he would <laughs> somehow like mess up and then leave his DNA everywhere or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> he's he's a lot like me. We're both very absent minded, just kind of silly, goofy guys. So um <clears throat> But I just couldn't imagine. That's just a trauma and a. Uh, that's just. It's funny that... you should bring that up actually, because I literally just watched a Ghost Adventures episode where they were doing um, the Black Dahlia murders, um, and it was crazy. Do you know much about the Black Dahlia murder? I know a little bit, yeah. So obviously, it's sort of well, it's unsolved because he was mm-hmm. never convicted. But basically, they went to investigate the house where the, the number one murder, murder suspect um, lived and supposedly, you know, killed the Black Dahlia, dismembered her body in the bathtub. And it turns out that, there, you know, there were other victims, too. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't the only one. And the dude that literally, like, brought them into the house and had, they had an interview with him, it was his son. And his mm. son was like, yeah, my dad literally killed these people. He killed the Black Dahlia. Like, he's wrote books about this. He spent his life as a law enforcer. He was a police officer trying to convict his dad of this crime. Wow. Like, he's dedicated his life to, like, Holy outing shit. his dad for doing That is it. insane. I have never heard anything like that. It's insane. However, good for him. Like, because that's that's such a hard thing. And me and my boss were talking about how, like, if he when he has kids or whatever, and if one of them like messes up or kills somebody or whatever, he was like, heck, yeah, I would I would put my kid like I would tell my or uh, tell the police Mm -hmm. about them. Like, yes, I would, because you just have to. You can't just even though they're family, you can't just like let them go and kill people like that's just not. Yeah. And um, in in another, like, really weird layer to this story, like, he, um, I can't remember what the the dude was called now. I've forgotten he had, like, a mustache. I've completely forgotten his name, but he was, like, the main prime suspect in the Black Dahlia murder. Um, He ended up, um, he he was, like, sexually abusing his daughter. Um, she, She ended up having a child. Mm. Um, it's unknown whether he was the father to that child, but it's highly likely. Um, she was on the show, actually, the daughter, um, and she was in the investigation doing seances with them and stuff. And she was trying to basically free the trapped souls in the house that she believed her, um, you know, grandfather slash father to have, uh, have killed. And it was just, it's a wild story. And it's like, this is real life. This isn't a movie here. This is, this is real. It's so I know, fun. it's so crazy because it's like, it's things that I can't even fathom. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so heavy and so dark and evil. Like, yeah, I've had pretty bad stuff happen to me, but nothing on that level, thankfully. Yeah. And then the parallels to this movie as well, like they were discussing, they were saying, well, was this man possessed by a demon in this house? Is this the reason why he did all Mm -hmm. this? Because that's a possibility too. I believe that's definitely a possibility. I think some people are just inherently evil and they don't need Mm -hmm. that little nudge from a demon. But I do think that some people can be influenced by a darker force, most definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah, because people yeah. let stuff in. I mean, like, literally, like, even, I'm sorry, even if you don't believe in that stuff, like, there's attachments, I believe, yeah. all the time. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get back into, I guess, have you got any more highlights about mm-hmm. this? Um, I've got jump scares. I thought there were some pretty good jump scares, like one or two, but mm-hmm. that was it. Yeah. Really, like I mentioned the um the suitcase one and that. But other than that, like there weren't any like like really great jump scares, like in the in the James Wan directed ones. You know, like it's and it's because of that. Like it's really lacking in that direction. Like you're not building that suspense and that atmosphere. You know, the cinematography was really lacking in this one. Like, mm-hmm. it was just a really shit color palette as well. Like, it was super dark. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't really see what was going on half the time. Like, it made, like, the last one look like a masterpiece, to be honest, because we were sort of, like, dogging that one. And it's like, well, actually, that no, this this is not a very nice-looking film. Like, Chapter 3 looked pretty good compared to this. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there were some pretty cheap jump scares in this as well. Um, you know, I can't wait till we have James Wan back in the director's chair. <laughs> um, unfortunately, that's not going to happen for another couple of months when we get to The Conjuring. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so the directing didn't like, cinematography wasn't good. Um, the pacing, I thought, was shit in this one as well. I thought it was like too slow, like it never really got going. Um so I didn't really, I wasn't hooked um, on this watch anyway. Um, like I say, the first time I saw it, I feel like I watched a completely different movie. I was dead into it. <laughs> um, yeah, the story as well, I thought it just feels like a typical average haunted house movie. Like it doesn't really feel like an insidious movie at all. Yeah. It's funny you say that because like I told Kevin, I was like, oh yeah, I liked Insidious 4. And he's like, you did? And I was like, yeah. And so he was like, well, what was it about? Because he hasn't seen it. And I sat there and I explained it to him as best as I could. And he was like, that doesn't sound like Insidious. I was like, yeah, it really wasn't. It wasn't. (laughs) But I was like, I liked some of it. (laughs) Yeah, it did definitely have elements to it. Um, But yeah, it didn't it didn't feel like insidious. And like the whole concept of like astral projection as well, that you know, was so special in the first film. Like it just turns into like a plot device in like this one and the third one. And you know, this one in particular is barely there at all. It's kind of just like it's there for a plot purpose, and that's it. Um I've also got a note here that says like parts of this movie doesn't even really make any sense. Like it was a bit of a mess. Um, yeah, there was there was very it wasn't very consistent. Yeah, I don't really know what Lee Winnell was thinking with this one. I kind of feel like he he took his eye off the ball a little bit. Um, but again, like I I don't know. I I probably wouldn't be able to write a movie that was good. You know? Not me neither. I'm slagging, so. <laughs> I'm slagging off this dude. Like I still think he's a very talented guy. I'm just comparing it to his past work, and this yeah. is not his best um it's uh quite repetitive as well with the ending like obviously we've mentioned the jump scare with the lipstick face demon but the whole ending with like ghost mom to the rescue again it's like we just <laughs> however, did this <laughs> however 
that whole end scene made me cry so hard. Did it? Okay, that's interesting because so, I mentioned okay, let last me, time how let me, that um, made Abby say cry. That I watched it right after therapy. <laughs> okay, that'll do it. <laughs> and that whole end scene, especially whenever like the dad comes and like takes the demon off of her or whatever, and then he disappears. But before he disappears, he says, "I'm sorry." And I was like, <gasps> and then when the mom comes, and I know that was a cheesy. Like I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, I saw that from the very beginning. You know what I mean? Like I saw when she gave him the whistle in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, she's gonna come back because she's gonna die and something. Mm-hmm. But. And then, like, Elise, she hugs Elise, and she's like, just keep helping people. And I was like, ah. Because it was just such a, like, something that she needed. You know what I mean? Because, like, she felt so guilty. She feels like she killed her mom. You know, she feels like. And then she feels guilty about how she never realized that her dad was killing women, you know, and stuff like that. And I just felt like that was really something that just needed uh, to heal her heart of that. You know, yeah. and it just it really stuck with me and it just made me cry. Yeah, no, I I do agree. I totally agree. Like that is um what Elise needed for sure. I mean, like I said, she's had a fucking rough time of it and it's just so sad because she's so nice. I love her. She's she's my favorite character, like obviously in this movie, but um I, she's she's just been the mvp all the way through she's so well, i was good. gonna say that like she's such an underrated screen queen too yeah there's scenes she's where so she's good. screaming and i'm like fantastic yeah and, her performance is just flawless all the way yeah through, she, all these movies. she's amazing that actress is great she just plays such a perfect elise <laughs> yeah she just embodies that character and you can tell that that character means a lot to her because you know like we've said, like the past two movies haven't been that great, but she's just given it her all. You know, like you yeah. can tell, like not at no point has she phoned any scene in any of these movies. Like she nails all of them and she puts her all into it. You know, it's like, and I love her voice as well. Like mm-hmm. I find it so calming and wholesome. Like mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to like listen to like an audio book with her reading <laughs> it or something. Like I just love her voice. Um, so hopefully when I get to meet her, I'm just going to melt when she speaks to me. She's just adorable. Um, what about a uh, favorite scene? I think I've mentioned mine already. I think it was a suitcase scene for me. I do mine like was... the end sequence, though. Like you said, like that whole battle with the demon and stuff, that was pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, my favorite scene was whenever the demon was walking the two girls on chains. Yeah. I was like, yeah. okay, that's really creepy. Yeah. Anything with that demon in, it was a cool scene. It kind of brought yeah. it back up to me. It got my attention again. I was like, oh, I like this. It's spooky. It's I just, cool. I wish they would have focused more on the scary and less on the silly. Yeah. And maybe a bit less as well on like the the whole serial killer thing. I, I, I kind of just feel like it needed a little bit of like trimming and editing. Yeah. It kind of felt like a first draft with this like it, script. It also yeah. felt like somebody watched that movie and then was like, okay, I'm going to make Barbarian now. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, definitely. Because it was just so weird. Cause it was like, okay, they find a girl in the way back and she's chained up. Um, and then the guys, are, I don't know. It just, it gave me very Barbarian vibes for some yeah. reason. I don't know. No, you're right. I definitely see that now. 
Um, Which I did <laughs> not care for Barbarian. Everybody was like, oh, so great. No, blah, this is blah, the blah, thing, blah. man. Like, I didn't like it either. And it's another one of those, like, modern horrors that it's just way overrated, in my opinion. Oh, I know. And I it's mean, just, it was so boring. Yeah. And, and again, then it it's didn't... Sort of like, you're waiting for it to get going. And then it's like, ha, there's a twist here right in the middle. And it's like, no, don't think you're clever by doing this. Like, this yeah. isn't... You're not big and you're not clever. And it wasn't <laughs> re- explained very well. Like, yeah. Like, it went back into like the little bit of, you know, past, and you find out that the guy's a serial killer, but that's it. There's like nothing else. Yeah. There's no setup. Like, there was no. Focus more on that because that's the interesting part. Not just in Long being a rapist, you know, like, <sighs> that's not so interesting. <laughs> I know, and I understand why they had to set it up because of the yeah. end scene where he's being forced to drink mm-hmm. milk, but it just was boring. <laughs> yeah, and um, speaking of overrated modern horrors, I know I'm going to get a lot of shit for this, but... No, don't la- even say it. Last night I watched Evil Dead Rise, and I did not like it. <laughs> what did you not like about it? <sighs> it was just... It's so overrated, Matt. I mean, you'll see when you watch it, but I don't know. I just I was waiting again, waiting for like all this like mad shit to happen. I mean, some some crazy stuff does happen, but it's not like I don't know. It just didn't work for me. I just love every single Evil Dead movie. Everyone. Yeah. From the I, first I do usually. Two thousand thirteen. I've only seen the first three and I love them all. Um but it's you know they're never going to capture that again that was a time and a place and now it's different and that's i think that's kind of like why i I don't gravitate towards these modern um i I wouldn't it's not even even a well it's a demon possession movie really isn't it the evil dead yeah Um, (laughs) i can never say it right i really just love that concept and i really love the 2013 one it was wild it was sorry i knew (laughs) (laughs) no pop filter you can't do that sound (laughs) sorry it was wild and i really really love it and sometimes i will just rewatch it because it's just so creepy it's like a weird creepy comfort movie see i i've i purposefully haven't watched that because i've seen the scene with the tongue and that grosses me out and i can't like that kind of like is the tongue like split or something i don't remember she like licks the blade. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, there's a lot of blood. <laughs> yeah, a lot of see, blood in that. There's movie. a lot of blood in the new one as well, but I don't know. It, it kind of like there was scenes when I was like, okay, they're ripping off Terrify Two. There, they did that twice actually. There was two things I was like, they've just they've ripped off Terrify Two, and then there was a shining homage Easter egg rip off. Call it whatever you want to call it. And I don't know, there's just loads of things. I was just like, okay, they've taken that from that. That's from that. Oh, Oh, there's an Evil Dead Easter egg. That's like a massive, like, well, it's not an Easter egg because it's just glaring. It's like fan (laughs) service. Are you okay? Yeah, sorry. No. But, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe we'll do an episode on Evil Dead Rise at some point. I don't want to go into it too much. But for me personally, it. it didn't work. And I won't be watching it again. It just I, w- you know, I wanted to see it in theaters, but it's it didn't happen. Um, yeah, but I'm yeah. excited to watch it. Maybe it would be a different experience. Well, it would be a different experience completely in in theaters because obviously it's 
completely immersive and you get a different experience but yeah me and i Abby mean i didn't enjoy it totally down for them to redo the whole um evil dead like uh series i'd be so down i love it I just there's just so much you can do with it is there though like, yes have you ever watched the, about, the like, show the show is so good no i didn't watch that but the thing is like obviously they've not got bruce campbell in these movies anymore and it's kind of like well well, Bruce really... Campbell wasn't in the 2013 one either, and you didn't miss him at all. Because these these are just different. They're different. Um, like, it's just the continuation. I mean, like, he's the one that started it, but these are the ones that are still in it. I don't know. That's that's Evil Dead Rise anyway. I won't get into it any further. I don't want to yeah. piss any more people off. But <laughs> personally for me, um, it didn't work. Uh, did you get any lamest lines in this one? Oh, too many, man. <laughs> She's so, psychic, we're sidekick. That's what I got. But then I thought, like, is it a lamest line if it's a self-aware lamest line? No. I also have the Winnebago. Oh, I think I'm yeah. going to go there now. <laughs> um, I'm funny, too, from Specs. Uh, everything Specs says to that girl. um did tucker say beautiful girl or beautiful creature i can't remember i feel like he said beautiful creature and that just makes me grossed out (laughs) that's terrible but the thing is those were meant to be cringy i know they are i just so i got um one that was genuinely bad and that was um when elise wakes up when she comes out of the further and like she scares Tucker, um, and she just said, "You can't get rid of me that yeah, easy." Yeah, that was cheese. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a cheese ball line. Um, but yeah, that was that was the lamest line for me. Other than she's psychic, we're sidekick. Which I love the fact that he just kept trying to like it, and I was like, "What? <laughs> that's me, man." I always like. <laughs> say something and i think it's hilarious and everyone's like i don't get it and i'm like dang it <laughs> but then like people are like oh tell me jokes and i'm like i don't get it and then they get mad um so i don't know have you got any more things to say about insidious for or should we wrap it up no i'm good like i'm excited for the fifth one um just hope it's good <laughs> what's your overall thoughts for this one then um overall thoughts is i I liked it. I liked it a lot better than the third. Will I watch it again? Probably not. I mean, I think this is just one of those things where it's like you have to watch it just because you want to finish, you know, the franchise or whatever. But if I was to do a rewatch, I would just do one and two. That's interesting because, like, I put this one initially, like, over the third one, like, head and shoulders. But on rewatch of it, I prefer chapter three. Like, there's more enjoyment I get out of that film. I don't know. There's more, I just feel like... There's more creep factor. There's more rewatchability. I think I it's well... It's, I don't it's know. It's better, better directed. It's a better... Technically a better movie. Um, I don't know why I said movie like that, but... Movie? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's technically a better movie. I don't know, because it's a question mark on the end. Uh, but to me, I, I actually do prefer the third one, even though I slated the third one. I feel like I was a bit too harsh on it now because I like it better than this one. 
Um, maybe second rewatch later on in life. Maybe I will. Yeah, that's what did me honestly. Like, because I, I at the end of the last episode, I was like, oh no, you know, uh, last key is good, you know. Um, and I was like, oh damn, like I can't believe I've been recommending this all these years, and it's actually not not great at all. <laughs> but yeah, on the rewatch, um, it didn't really do anything for me. I thought it was unnecessary and pretty crap. Um, mm-hmm. I do do not recommend it. It's just your generic haunted house movie. And it's a shame to see the, the Insidious franchise go that way because it started out like so far from that to begin with. Like it wasn't just your generic haunted house movie. There was so much more to it. And for it to just go down and down that path, it's like taking everything that made it special to begin with away. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll only recommend this movie to hardcore Insidious fans. Like it's not a good movie and a below average horror movie in my opinion i'll probably never watch it again but i am glad that i watched it again though because like i said i held this in high regard until this point um it's just i think it's the twists it made me like it a lot more on the first watch and knowing the twist now it made it a really boring rewatch because there just wasn't anything more left for it to offer to me um i can see that yeah to me, it's the weakest in the franchise. I feel like they get worse as they go on. Um, but I hope that trend doesn't continue because I'm stoked for the new one. I think it looks mm-hmm. good. And I'm so glad that they're choosing to continue the Lambert story um, in the new one rather than going mm-hmm. back to Elise again because I think they've done all they can with Elise. You know, I mean, it would be obviously awesome to see her make a cameo in mm-hmm. the, new, the new one. But I think as far as her story is concerned, they've exhausted all that and these past two movies so yeah i'm stoked to see more lamberts uh you know grown-up josh mm-hmm. not josh grown-up dalton and, dalton yeah and more josh however he gets involved in it the mum meh she's a pretty bland character in my opinion i don't really care for her but i guess she's got to be there <laughs> yeah um when, when i told abby about like, the new insidious coming out i was like oh yeah it looks good like they've got all the original cast back and that and she was like what everyone even the baby I was like, well, <laughs> they've probably not got the baby back. <laughs> I think they'll need to recast the baby. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if they've got the um, the other brother back because, to be honest, I can't even remember him or what he looks like. But yeah, it probably doesn't think... matter for that. Yeah, I don't think he's back. The main one's Dalton, but yeah, that baby I'm... went through a lot of trauma too, man. Whew. Yeah, <laughs> I am looking forward to it. Uh, but yeah, favorite James Wan film so far. It remains the first Insidious for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie is bottom tier. Um, yeah, it's probably like it's right above three for me. Yeah, probably a little, just like a little bit above three for me. It was just more enjoyable for me. Yeah. Um, but I see everything that you are saying. And I still like it. I'm not going to say, oh, you know. But, yeah, it was it was okay. Yeah. Okay, well, we should probably wrap things up the episode then. So, shout to out to our wonderful Patreon supporters. Field Mouse, Nicole, Ryan, Vincent, Wade, Ash, Kyle, Francesco, Gina, and Oliver. You are all awesome. Thank you. We love you so much. Love I appreciate you. it. More than you'll know. And you can donate too. Uh, at patreon.com slash horror homeschool you only have to give us a dollar and you get access to all of our bonus content got so much cool stuff up on there for you to check out so go and have a look and you can find links to everything over at horrorhomeschool.com where you can listen to the main show our merch uh, 
our socials and a link to the Patreon there. Um, so next episode, we will be tackling the next movie in the Insidious franchise, The Red Door. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much it. So personal social media stuff, you can follow me on Instagram at Chris J. Wakefield. And me, underscore, Abraham Lincoln, underscore. We will be back soon with another episode. And remember, if you call out one of the dead, all of them will hear you. <laughs>